What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday, far too many to keep up with, along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome in to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Ryan, uh, you and I spent a week together, so we've seen plenty of each other, so we might as well just welcome Matt back into the group here. Uh, We didn't talk about you at all over the last week or so, Matt. I'm no, sure you didn't. No. You had way too many things to do to, to worry about <laughs> me way out all the way, like literally all the way across the country. Yeah, as far as away as we could possibly get. We did have a lot of time to talk about Dynasty, and uh, we, we thought Ryan and I even spent a little time talking about what's upcoming on the podcast and came up with some ideas. Then right before we were going to record, Matt sends the group text that says, hey, I got this idea, and Ryan and I both thought, well, that's better than anything we came up with over the last week, <laughs> so let's do that. So, Matt, you came up with a good idea. Why don't you explain what we're going to do here this week? Yeah, this, I was just looking back through some of my old old, like, old articles from DLF, and my, I joined in 2015, so it's been quite a while, and, and one of the first ones that I wrote was one called Landmines and Gold Mines, a series where I just like went through the ADP of that month and, and picked out players that could, could be a landmine, you know, could kind of blow up in your face, and you know, if something happens to them, it could lose, you know, a lot of value, a couple of rounds of value, something like that. Uh, and then on the other side, gold mines players that were either going to increase in value one year from today or, or you know, uh, potentially maintain value because it's hard for those, you know, the running back one, the, the, the quarterback one, those kind of positions, it's kind of hard for them to lose too much value, right, unless they just totally fall on their face. So so kind of looking at, at players from that, that perspective in each round, uh, and we're each going to come up with our our own player. We might have some overlap in some cases we talked about before we started recording that there's some pretty obvious choices and in other cases, you know, not so much. Some, some rounds are more difficult than others. So excited to, to see where you guys, which players you guys are avoiding and and which players you're taking in each round. Yeah. So we're going to go round by round. We'll, we'll cover the first round. We'll each make a selection as our landmine and then as our gold mine as well. We're using June single quarterback ADP and uh, let's, I guess, kick things off. Matt, you, you were the you birthed this idea, so who's your uh, who's your, let's start with a positive. Who's the gold mine in the first round? The gold mine, uh, yeah, we're gonna go all the way down to pick nine for me. That's DK Metcalf at wide receiver four, still my wide receiver one, which I understand. Justin Jefferson is is kind of reclaim or claim that spot for most people, but I still think that Metcalf is offers the best combination of age, talent, and quarterback situation of any wide receiver in the league. Uh, you know, volume is, is has been an issue, like especially the second half of last season, uh, where his points per game drastically decreased with that entire offense after they decided to to stop letting Russ cook. Right, um, but they've made some some uh, improvements recently. You know, they've they they added Shane Waldron, the team's new offensive coordinator. He was uh, Sean McVay's passing game coordinator. He's never been a, a play caller before, but uh, it's interesting hire just because of the lineage he comes from. And then they added uh, uh, some some help on the offensive line with Gabe Jackson from from the Raiders who. Uh, he gave up actually gave up zero sacks in 2020 so upgrading the line a little bit for Wilson there uh, and you know it, hopefully they ho- I, I'm optimistic they're going to have more passing volume than in the past uh, with this new offensive coordinator hopefully they're going to let Russ be happy because you know he was requesting trades this offseason um, so uh, there's some other wide receivers above him that that, that I think are, are fine to take as the wide receiver one overall but for me it's still DK Metcalf so to get him at the ninth pick and later late in the first round is a gold mine for me. I like that pick. I was, I, I, I certainly considered DK Metcalf for my selection as well. Ryan, who did you go, go with? 
I went with uh, the the other guy that Matt mentioned there. I went with Justin Jefferson, uh, already the wide receiver one in our ADP, just 22 years old. And just looking at, at what he did last year, we know it was one of the best wide receiver, wide receiver seasons from a rookie ever and the, the 1,400 yards. But uh, the touchdowns just weren't there for Jefferson. I, I believe he had seven. Only uh, only 15% of his fantasy points came via touchdown. So even if we see some regression in his yardage, I think uh, that could balance out with uh, hopefully some increased touchdown opportunity. Uh, so he's he's my gold mine in the middle of the first. Yeah, I completely there. agree. That's who I ended up with as well. Jefferson being so young and with such a dynamic rookie season, really because of those things you mentioned there, Ryan. We I don't think there's anybody in the dynasty community that really thinks he has reached his ceiling just yet. And you know because he's so young. Imagine if he if he had a quarterback upgrade or, or an offense upgrade that allowed that ball to go down the field even more than it is right now, that's a run first offense. So I, I wrote down Justin Jefferson's name as well, but I don't think anybody's going to argue with Matt, especially at an even cheaper price tag with DK Metcalf. I think he was second on my list as well. Let's jump over to the landmines, Matt. You got to have a guy in that top 12 that, that you think might cause some pain for dynasty managers sooner rather than later who would that be for you yeah this was the easiest pick in the entire exercise for me it's uh <laughs> it's D- dalvin kick cook a running back four and the fourth overall player uh there there's running backs later in in round two that i would rather have than dalvin cook uh you know of the the 25 year old 25 26 year old running backs that are coming up you know that formerly elite guys that are kind of hit, starting to hit that age cliff he's my least desirable one uh you know he has a laundry list of injuries from labrum tears ac joint issues numerous leg injuries over the years um so i just kind of feel like he's a ticking time bomb health wise and value wise because he's you know he's so like i said he's so close to the age cliff so uh like this is peak value right You're, he's not going to go from running back four to running back one while getting uh you know older and age uh even if he has a, a running back one type season right so i'd like to go ahead and and cash out right now at peak value in the trade market um you know i, I think he if he if he did have another serious injury you know it could he i think he would instantly lose two or three rounds of value uh uh, uh this time next year if you if that was to happen you'd have a 27 year old running back with a long injury history right and he's coming off of another injury so i don't want to predict injuries but i also am happy to take running back for value for dalvin cook so uh, he's not somebody I would consider any pick in the first round. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I wrote down Delvin Cook's name as well for all those reasons. I think the main one for me, or the main two, I should say, he's going to be playing his age 26 season. He'll turn 26 during the year. And then those injuries that you mentioned, he's, he's already got a pile going back to those college years. And despite getting that second contract, the big payday with the Vikings in an offense that, as we mentioned when we were talking about with Jefferson, they they love to run the ball and they're going to focus on Delvin Cook. I just fear every time he touches the ball that he's going to be laying on the ground after the play because it's happened so, so frequently already in his career. So uh, that's two for two on Cook as our landmine. Ryan, are you going to make it three for three? No, I, I do think that's probably the right answer. The more I think about it and listening to Matt's case and, and both Cook and, and Alvin Kamara, who's right behind him in our ADP at fifth overall, it's very clear that the, the trade value that you're getting for those guys right now certainly does not match what we're showing here in ADP. Uh, and that's that's already a sign of, of trouble and, and value that – uh, potentially being lost in the near future. Uh, I, I went with a player I knew you guys wouldn't go with, and I guess it's kind of the chalk because he's the last player in the round. It's Devontae Adams, uh, 28, year, 28 years old already, and the obvious questions about uh, Aaron Rodgers and his future, and obviously that would have a big impact on Adams as well. Uh, I looked back at our ADP. We've got nearly 10 years of, of ADP history now, and we've had six wide receivers uh, drafted in the first round as a 29-year-old. It's it's obviously a very impressive list, and, and Adams belongs on this list. It, it wouldn't be a, a shock by any means. Uh, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, Calvin Johnson, and Brandon Marshall. Um, so, it, like I said, it, it wouldn't be a surprise if, if Adams eventually makes that seven uh, wideouts being drafted as a top 12 player at 29 years old, but 
just with the the depth of the position, the youth at the wide receiver position, I, I think he's a lock to to lose value over the next six months, nine months, over the next year. And in fact, we've already seen him fall into the second round over the past couple months. He he actually regained some value this month, which is probably just a little bit of a fluke. I considered Adams as well, Ryan. And the only thing that kept me from going in that direction was was I felt like it wouldn't be a as sharp as a fall off when it does happen for Adams. I, I think there's going to be production, although it may not be wide receiver one production whenever that fall off comes, whether that's when he's 30 or 31 or, or heck even, even this year, if, if Rogers isn't there, uh, I just expect him to get this new contract first of all with the Packers and then, and then to play out the next three to four seasons. Even if he does have a fall off, it won't be as, as bad as it might be with some of these running backs. I considered Kamara and even Nick Chubb, who just at the end of last season was in the 20s in ADP. So it's kind of weird that we suddenly see him up there. Uh, I believe we have him at at number 10 right now or whatever it is, 10 or 12. Yeah, he's actually 11. Um, He was 21 in November. So that that's a little bit odd that there's been that much change when it comes to Nick Chubb because so not all that not all that much has has changed with his situation or anything. So there were there are a few players worth considering here when it comes to who the landmine might be, Matt. Yeah, I just wanted to add a little bit to what Ryan was saying, uh, just a comparison for for Devontae Adams, because this time last year, DeAndre Hopkins was the wide receiver, too, in the middle of the first round. And, you know, right now in June of 2021, he's in the third round. So yeah. uh, that kind of that kind of fall could certainly happen for Adams, even if he does have that uh, productive season this year and Rodgers comes back and everything works out. So I like that pick, too. Yeah, you got to you got to make your declaration right now. Are you going to hold him? and ride this thing out like we did a couple of years ago or over the last couple of years with DeAndre Hopkins and other receivers like him? Or are you going to try to cash out right now? Um, like Ryan mentioned earlier, I'm not sure you can get first-round value or even top 16 or 18 value for Devontae Adams, especially considering the, uh, uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay. Let's jump from round one into the round two ADP, guys. We have a a good list of young players mixed in with some veterans like Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey. Matt, who do you think is the goldmine among all these players, players 13 through 24 in June ADP? This, is, this was a little bit of a tough one, not quite as, as hard as round three coming up, but I went with CeeDee Lamb. I think I think he's going to be a first-round startup pick in 2022, and I think there's maybe even an argument for in one-quarterback leagues at least for him to be a fringe, fringe back-end uh, first-round wide receiver right now. Uh, obviously, the the offensive set with with Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, there, there is an out on his contract uh, after this season. If they wanted to move on from him, so he could even move up in the pecking order there. He hey, he might even already be the the wide receiver one there uh, as early as this season, right? Michael Gallup will be gone probably next season, so uh, he's just, he's his offensive set all all around him. There's there's not really any holes to his value proposition right now. I don't see you know unless he has an injury or something and drops value that way. I don't see there's any way uh, that he doesn't increase in value from here. Uh, so CD Lamb is my gold mine from round two. Ryan, how about you? It's CD Lamb for me as well. Uh, like a lot of what Matt said there, looking back at some of his ADP history, Lamb basically moved from 44 to 19 overall uh, over the past year. I think he could see that type of jump again. Matt mentioned uh, the possibility of Lamb being a first-round startup pick. He actually was a first-round startup pick last month, snuck into the the back end of the first round. And you guys talked about it with, with Nick Chubb as well, really from, I would say, that 1.09 area all the way through the second round. We're seeing a lot of uh, changes just from month to month. So that those players are packed in a pretty tight tier, and, and Lamb's part of that. Uh, I did... Uh, was looking at some numbers for Lamb as a rookie. Those first five games with Dak Prescott, he was the wide receiver nine overall, averaging over 17 fantasy points per game. That dropped to 11 uh, per game without Dak, and he was the wide receiver 49 during that time. So uh, obviously Prescott back uh, under contract and hopefully fully healthy. Uh, it's it's all systems go. I think Lamb is really a lock to be a, a first-round 
uh, startup pick. Yeah, it's a clean sweep. I went with Lamb as well. Certainly belongs closer to where he was drafted last month. You mentioned him as a first-round guy a month ago and now falls to the middle of the second round. Belongs closer to that than 19. Seems like a value. There's a handful of guys in ADP, including Derrick Henry, Antonio Gibson, Travis Kelsey, and Austin Uckler. Those are the the four guys directly in front of him in June ADP. I'd take CeeDee Lamb over all of them. Uh, probably a couple more guys, maybe all the way up to where Devontae Adams and Nick Chubb are right now. So couldn't couldn't agree more. CeeDee Lamb is the gold mine here. Ryan, who'd we go for a landmine in round two? I went with Travis Kelsey, uh, 31 years old, uh, tight end. No other 31-year-old tight end has ever been drafted in the top 60. And, and again, when I'm quoting ADP numbers, it's going back about 10 years, uh, the history of DLF dynasty adp so over that that 10 years uh no 31 year old tight end even in the top 60 and and here we see kelsey uh i believe he's at 17 overall this month Uh, we've talked about kyle pitts so much on this uh, on this show over the past couple months we all agree he will be the dynasty tight end one if he's not already uh so just you know just by that uh, I, i guess opinion alone kelsey is is bound to lose some value and move down Matt, I, I think I took the low hanging hanging fruit and went with Derrick Henry. There's just in a, in a startup draft, there's just no way I'm taking a 27 year old running back with his workload over the last couple of seasons in the second round because it, I mean, it dictates your entire draft. I think I think he'll be fine this year, probably even pretty good. But there is a chance after a 370 carry season that he wears down a little bit, even if he doesn't result in an injury or something. It could just be he's a little bit less productive, uh, and you know, like a, a, an average season or a season with injury in his dynasty value is over so taking taking that, that that kind of risk early in the second round unless i am just gung-ho like i am absolutely only playing win now right now with derrick henry then I, I i completely avoid him you know like it's kind of like uh the new car you get as soon as you drive it off the lot not that derrick henry is new but like as soon as you take derrick henry his value is already dropped uh by i don't know how much at least at least a round or two uh in terms of rookie pick value like he players you take in this range i think you should be looking if you're going to move them in the trade market to get into that two first round rookie pick range right and you just can't get that kind of deal for henry right now um so for that reason i'm not taking henry in the early second yeah henry's the rb9 in june adp and just a few spots below at rb13 is Najee harris i I don't think there's a league where you can trade trade derrick henry straight up it's funny you mentioned that because the most recent trade in the trade finder i pulled up is derrick henry and tony pollard for Najee harris See, they had to throw in Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> they had to pay the difference. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I, I was considering both of those two guys, fellas, and, and I think it, it could be either. Really, are good. both are good choices. I ended up going with Kelsey because of that 31-year-old age and and just the, the idea of taking him over some of these other tight ends and, and really just some of the players in general that are below him. I just shake my head towards it. I think you made a good point there, Matt. Taking Henry really dictates the rest of your draft. I think the same happens with Kelsey because you you really have to play now. I love trading for Kelsey in the right situation, adding him to a roster to make a run at a title. But to to put invest this much in a startup draft or auction into Travis Kelsey, I, I just can't get on board with that. It seems like that price tag should be well discounted with him. Uh, already age 31. Let's move on to round three, guys. And Matt, you said that this was a little bit more difficult. I think I think maybe there are some clear ones here. Ryan, why don't you kick things off, though? Round three, who's the gold mine for you? I thought round three was tough as well. I thought there were several options for gold mines and, and not too many for land mines. So uh, that's that's the kind of uh, process you want to go through as you're prepping for a startup draft, finding those those rounds, those spots you love. Uh, and, and maybe that means trading down from round two, trading up from round four, something like that. But I really like the options in round three overall. Um, I forgot. What, what did you ask me, Dan? Landmine or gold mine? <laughs> we need a gold mine. We start with a positive, right? Okay. We're, we're starting off strong here. I, I went with Jamar Chase. Uh, we've got a, a few rookies in this round. So some, some different options. 
but Chase is the wide receiver 10 already. Uh, he's only the second rookie ever to be drafted, rookie wide receiver ever to be drafted as a top 12 wide out uh, before they before the season starts. Corey Davis is the other, so I, I don't know if that's a path we want to follow, but uh, I really think about what we all said about C.D. Lamb. It, it feels like Chase is in a similar spot to where Lamb was last year, entering that crowd to depth chart, uh, but uh, according to most, and, and I think this is true in, in Dallas and Cincinnati, the most talented uh, receiver on the field already. So uh, I, think, uh, I think Chase is in for a big year, and I think he's – uh, he'll be a second rounder, if if not a late first rounder, this time next year. The only difference there, you you compared CD Lamb to Chase, is last year you already mentioned it earlier. CD Lamb's ADP was in the mid forties, like yeah. forty four or forty five at this time, and now we're looking at Jamar Chase significantly higher. So you do have to invest quite a bit more. You're kind of paying that premium, you could say, at least to some extent, when it comes to investing in Chase. Yeah, you certainly are. I mean, Chase, I'm sorry, Lamb uh, entered the league, and I guess it was kind of a debate between he and Judy who was the wide receiver one or wide receiver two, but those two guys were were really locked in. They had similar ADP at this time uh, of the season, of the offseason. I I think it was partly what we saw from uh, from C.D. Lamb that is is really boosting Chase's value already this year. Yeah, that that makes sense for sure. Matt, how about you? Who's your uh, gold mine in round three? I, I much of for what you guys talked about last round with Travis Kelsey, I'm going to apply to round three because, like Ryan said, I think most of these guys are appropriately priced. In fact, I like some of them better than the guys that I like in round two. So, in a startup, I'm I want to load up on third round picks. Um, but but to your tight end argument, Kyle Pitts is going to be the tight end one in twenty. 21 uh, excuse me 2022 right so uh if he's going to increase in value no matter what like we all pretty much think that's a guarantee unless something catastrophic happens like i'm i, I know that he's going to increase in value so i'm going to go ahead and make him my gold mine he's the tight end 20 tight end one next year he's the, he's the tight end one now to be honest with you i think in, in almost every situation so uh pretty easy pick for me from that standpoint uh it was just kind of hard to separate him from all the other great options in this round like i would like to have all of these rounds included players in this round including Jamar Chase like Ryan said so uh difficult from that aspect but just because it seems like a like a guarantee I'll take Kyle Pitts there as the gold mine yeah I did the same thing I went with Pitts as well for all those reasons that you mentioned and and maybe maybe it is a little bit of the easy way out because we all have been saying for so long that Pitts will be the tight end one by next season and and maybe even before the 2021 season even even really kicks off and we we get into it it's going to take one big play from Kyle Pitts maybe even in the preseason for everybody to go gaga again and and we're all on the Kyle Pitts express not that not that that's not moving fast enough already you mentioned the other options and Chase is a really good one as well you know you can you can mention Travis Etienne which uh, he's he's right in there between Chase and Pitts in ADP, and and many of us feel ETN is as good or even a better prospect than a guy who's almost a whole round or is a whole round higher, Najee Harris, um, and you get a discount. Really, he's all the way down there at thirty two and running back nineteen. So it feels to me like there are a lot of options for that gold mine in round three. I'm not so sure on the landmines, as you mentioned there, Ryan. Who do you land on when it comes to a landmine between picks 25 and 36? Well, it was tough. Um, we've got a couple of wide receivers who are a little bit older, uh, who have already lost quite a bit of value over the past year. Matt talked about one of them already, DeAndre Hopkins, who was that late first round, early second rounder a year ago. Here he is early in the third round, Michael Thomas. Uh, his value just uh, was just decimated last year. He's uh, the last pick in this third round. I, I didn't go with either of those guys, though. I, I dug a little bit deeper, I guess, and, and went with Miles Sanders. He is the RB18 <sighs> right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I've, I've been there, too. Uh, but uh, RB19 last month. So those are the two lowest uh, lowest values he's had since December of his rookie year when he was the RB19. And part of this, and we're really approaching this from a value standpoint, not necessarily production, he's already become that player that dynasty managers 
are doubting, are undervaluing, are maybe lower on than they should be. So I think he's going to have to do a lot to overcome that uh, that reputation, I guess, that he already has. Then you look at the crowded depth chart in Philadelphia. They've added multiple backs this offseason, both through the draft and free agency. The coaching change, maybe that helps, but I'm not. I'm certainly not convinced it does. And then the presence of Jalen Hurts, and uh, there's that's kind of become a narrative this offseason, which it, it's one I believe in, of how the rushing quarterback hurts the running back both through goal, the goal line situation that uh, Jalen Hurts is more likely to to run and, and steal some touchdowns from Sanders uh, or from any of the running backs on that team. And then also just the fact that Hurts or any other rushing quarterback is going to run the ball rather than, than dump it off in that, in that panic situation. So all of those combined, I'm a little worried about Miles Sanders. Yeah, Miles Sanders was a good consideration for this, and I thought about it long and hard. I didn't go with him. Matt, did you? No, I didn't. But I just want to say, I, I think the problem with Sanders is is like the surrounding cast in this round. Like, I still want to buy him in 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 in, in dynasty leagues for, on the trade market. Like, I want to trade for Miles Sanders because I think he is going to rebound from this a little bit. But it's so hard to justify taking him over players like Jamar Chase and uh, Kyle Pitts and those and the, and the like. There, even even towards the bottom of the round with Terry McLaurin and Javante Williams. Right, it's just so hard to take him in this range. So, for a startup perspective, his value is 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 tough. But from a trade perspective, I want to take him. Uh, but my landmine is is George Kittle. Uh, again, we, we if Kyle Pitts is a tight end one and it ain't George Kittle and it ain't uh, Travis Kelsey, then I don't want to take uh, either of those two above Kyle Pitts. So if I'm if I'm making a pick or in the early third round at tight end, it's going to be Pitts. Uh, Kittle has ha- has one healthy season uh, in his entire career so far. In four years, he's had one complete healthy season. Uh, you have Brandon Ayuk's emergence last season. Debo Samuels will be back and healthy and is still really good. They have a new running back in town that they're going to want to play with. They have a new rushing quarterback, which is uh, presumably going to lower the passing volume a little bit, uh, depending on how they deploy. Uh, uh, Trey Lance, right? And he has that injury history, like I mentioned. So there's enough question marks there with Kyle, with George Kittle that I'm not willing to take him in the early third round, uh, and there are better options at the position. I think I would even rather have Darren Waller than, than Kittle at, at this point. Hmm. Okay. I, I didn't really consider Kittle, but you make some sharp uh, observations there for sure, especially your thoughts on Kyle Pitts being later in the round. This will be the first one where we all three chose different. Uh, options. I went with Michael Thomas at the bottom of the round, and maybe that's the little hanging fruit. But Thomas scares me so much coming off that real down season, and I know there were injuries and the quarterback situation and all those things, but th- those are still all concerns, right? Those are things that we we haven't really taken care of just yet. The, that injury lasted into the playoffs throughout the postseason, and while all the reports are good and that he'll be back this season, you just worry about guys that, that struggled with that for such a long time and then re-aggravated those types of injuries. So when it comes to picking towards the end of the third round and uh, early in the fourth round, I'm going to stay away from Michael Thomas. He's never really been a guy that I've invested in a lot. I'm, I'm just a little bit leery of everything happening there with the Saints, especially that quarterback pos- uh, position. If those guys are going to have the same kind of timing that Drew Brees excelled on for so long with Thomas, I'm not sure that's going to really exist. So I'll take Michael Thomas as my landmine. Let's jump to round four, guys. We're halfway through. Doing pretty good here. Let's uh, let's find out who the gold mines of line of uh, round four are, Matt. Why don't you kick us off? I went with Chris Godwin. Uh, I was pretty close between he and one other player. Godwin is, uh, is just 25 years old, entering his prime with a, a great quarterback for this season. He'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2022. So uh, if they elect to not resign him long-term, he'll be presumably be able to go to a, a decent situation uh, on the open market. Uh, you get a two-year two age, two age discount on Evans, who is also obviously his teammate with, with Tom Brady there. Um, I think he'll, he has – he has more touchdown upside than my other choice uh, for this round. I'll just go ahead and re- reveal DJ Moore was my other consideration here, two, two picks before Godwin. Uh, so uh, I think he's kind of in the sweet spot for this round. There, I think there are, there are a couple of other ones you could go with, uh, but I'll take Godwin here was the, the, the best combination of, of situation and age. I like that. Ryan, who'd you go with? I went with with Matt's other choice. I went with DJ Moore. Liking what Carolina did, love that they were able to retain Joe Brady for another year as offensive coordinator. 
they at least attempted to get a quarterback upgrade. I'm not ready to call Sam Darnold that uh, even over Teddy Bridgewater, but uh, I guess it can't hurt. And then one thing that I haven't seen talked about a ton when it comes to DJ Moore is is that Curtis Samuel is gone. I think that's going to be a, a huge boost in, in opportunity and, and ultimately production for Moore versus uh, how the targets were, were pretty spread out last year between those two along with Robbie Anderson. Those two guys were the top considerations for me as well. I ended up going with Godwin. He is just a tad bit ch- cheaper uh, wide receiver 15 compared to 13 for more. All those things that you said, Matt, Those I, I really like the, the fact that he is there for one year, gets to play with Tom Brady, and then hits free agency, can sign somewhere, and, and really his career can can yeah. take off to, to some extent, I really think. So I think the sky's the limit when it comes to Chris Godwin if he finds himself in the proper situation, which is likely, and he's just entering his prime. So I think we're all getting a little bit of a discount here with Godwin. We should be trying to cash that in at this point in round four. How about the negatives here? Is there a landmine that really jumps out at you, Matt? Yeah, this one was was pretty easy for me, too. I went with Josh Allen. Um, I mean, I'd rather have Justin Herbert is going two rounds later if I'm going to take a quarterback in this range. Uh, for me, Josh Allen is, is not the quarterback, too. I think uh, – I mean, he, to me, he's going to have to prove it for one more season because I believe that, that 2020 was an outlier season for him a little bit. Uh, he had a 69.2% completion percentage, and previously, as a pro, he averaged 56%. Uh, as a passer and in the college too is a 56% passer. So we have this one outlier season where all of a sudden you became a lot more accurate. Uh, you know, maybe it was Stefan Diggs, maybe he's more comfortable offense, whatever it is. I just kind of want to see it one more time before I anoint him a, a fourth round startup pick in a one quarterback league. He also had uh, way more touchdowns at 37 to 20 uh, from 2021 to 20, uh, 68% more yards, 4,500 to 3,000 the previous season. So uh, I'm not ready to spend that kind of capital on Josh Allen when they're other, such other good options uh, in this particular round. Ryan, how about you? Did, did you uh, choose a quarterback as well? I didn't. Uh, I, I think the case is pretty strong, really, for for almost any quarterback this early in a one-quarterback league, so I, I, I get that with Josh Allen. As we all liked round three, it sounded like. As good as that round was, I think this round was, was that bad. Uh, it, it was tough to find a, a goldmine candidate that I really liked. And it was really easy to find some landmines, yeah. some players I thought could lose value. Good point. Uh, Josh Jacobs among them. Josh Allen certainly in consideration. Keenan Allen just due to to his age. Uh, but ultimately, I went with uh, David Montgomery, the Bears running back. Um, just, I, I just think I think what we saw last year was a fluke. Honestly, I think everything that we saw the first year and a half of. Montgomery's career was was the real David Montgomery. Uh, I mean, this this guy scored over 20 fantasy points nine times in his career in nine games. Six of those were the last six games of last year, uh, and and we know. I mean, he was a, he was a league winner last year. He, that can't be argued the way he ended the season. But I, I just don't think that's something we can expect to continue this year. Tariq Cohen going to be healthy again. They signed Damian Williams. So he's he's got something he did not have most of last year, which is competition. Um, and I think when you look at that tier of running backs, I'm, I'm going to pick on another guy later in this exercise, but I think it's, it's really clear that dynasty players panic in that fourth, fifth, sixth round range at the running back position and overvalue guys like David Montgomery. So I think that's how he ends up here in the uh, in the fourth round with with a lot of talented other players, especially at the wide receiver position that I would rather have. Yeah, and this this was the easiest selection for me in this exercise. I went with Montgomery as well for all those reasons you mentioned, and and it's really the mostly about the competition. There was nothing late last year. We were talking about guys like Ryan Nall and. I think there was another name mixed in late in the season, like, oh, he could get some touches and didn't because Montgomery was clearly the better better player, but that wasn't saying all that much. His numbers aren't that impressive, really. We can say, we all know what he did late in the season, but he barely rushed for 1,000 yards. He caught 54 passes on 68 targets, but the year before when Tariq Cohen was there, he had 
25 catches on 35 targets in in more games. So uh, his touchdown numbers went up. He still only averaged 4.3 yards per carry, which is which is like replacement level, wouldn't you say, fellas? So um, you're right, Ryan. When we get this this far down on the running back um, list, we're we're talking about late running back twos. He's the RB 22 in ADP. People start panicking. People start moving these players that have shown sparks. And yes, he's only 24 years old, but but the real uh, the real David Montgomery was the guy we saw in the first 25 games of his career, not the last six or seven. I'm gonna take Montgomery and and call him a, a landmine easily right here. Let's go over to round five, Ryan. You might as well kick us off with a gold mine here. I went with a player that uh, I, I've just found myself moving up the ranks more and more every time I, I update those. Uh, I went with Chase Claypool. He's the wide receiver twenty four. I, I'm just I don't know. I'm just I'm just buying into everything that we saw from last year. Uh, I I do believe. I know we're not. We don't want to assume anything, Dan. You reminded me of that uh, a couple episodes ago. But I'm pretty sure Juju is going to be gone after this year. Um, <laughs> Deontay Johnson. He sees a ton of volume, but he he honestly just hasn't done uh, much with it. And and he had the drop issues last year. There's been reports already that he that, that he's continuing to struggle with drops, even in uh, in in these mini camps and things. So. I think Claypool is going to emerge as the pretty clear top option in uh, in Pittsburgh and a top dynasty receiver for uh, for us here. Matt, how about you? I, I agree with Ryan. I took Claypool as well just because of the upside argument. I think this is a really good round, kind of like three. It's almost like I like the, the, odd, the odd rounds quite a bit. Uh, two, and, two, uh, two, two and four were not, not so good. Three and five have been, been pretty great. So uh, I think you can argue for T. Higgins here. I think you could argue for Jerry Judy here. But for me, Claypool, despite the potential quarterback issues after this season, I think he has the highest upside. So I'm probably going to pull the trigger on him uh, easily in this range. I had written down Chase Claypool, but I don't want to go with you two. I'm going to take Jerry Judy. I'll switch last minute yeah. uh, just just to just to talk about him one more time. And a lot of people, Cortland Sutton is just two picks behind him, wide receiver 27. Judy is wide receiver 25. And, and a lot of people make the case with Fant and Sutton, is there enough footballs to go around for Jerry Judy to take that next step and really make this a goldmine type of situation? Well, the same can really be said with Claypool in Pittsburgh. Really, the situations are relatively equal with the exception of the quarterback situation. Most would say Ben, at least in 2021, is a better option for his receivers than whoever's under center in in Denver. So, um, Haven't you been reading all the positive reports for, for uh, Bridgewater? He's, he's going to be the starter, and him and Judy are going to be friends, I think. I, I really hope so. <laughs> Judy would fit in really well with what Teddy Bridgewater does. So, you know, the, the Broncos need that downfield threat. They need the guy that can make the big play, and Jerry Judy just oozes that kind of upside. I want him on all my teams. In fact, I'm looking at this ADP. I see Claypool, and I see Jerry Judy right here at the, at the fringe RB2 or wide receiver 2, wide receiver 3 area, and that just screams value. These, these are the guys that we should be trying to trade for right now this time in the offseason because they're – they're the the gold mines that can make or break a season, add so much value to a dynasty roster, and these guys are, are ready to take that next step despite having relatively solid to, to good rookie seasons. So I'll go with Jerry Judy here. Um, let's jump over to the landmines because there's a couple options for this one, Matt. Where do you land here? Uh, there was only really one option for me. Uh, it's Julio Jones. Uh, it's not not that I don't like Julio Jones, but again, you know, you, you you're taking a player that uh, it's a declining asset as a top five startup, uh, one of your top five picks, right? Again, if you, maybe if you took uh, Derrick Henry and you uh, and you took Dalvin Cook in round one, and, and you're at this point and you're 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 all in for for this season, maybe oh boy, you take you're going to have a rough 2023. You're going to have a rough. Tw- <laughs> you're you are you are you are all in for year one, and then you are immediately rebuilding, right? <laughs> Uh, so I just like it's not that I don't like Julio. It's just that I can't take him over any of the players in this range. Uh, it's just he's he, he's a one to two year rental, and there are players in this round that you could have for five to six years. So uh, I just I just can't do it. How about you, Ryan? 
Yep, I went with Julio Jones as well. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting his his value has actually gone up in in the past month or two. Uh, I do think that's a result of uh, of the move to Tennessee. Even though we we've talked and, and basically agreed that that's a, a lateral move for him at yep. best. I think it's it's the kind of case that. Um, Anytime a player is in the news that much, he's kind of on the forefront of our mind. He's going to, that's going to offer a chance to, to trade that player or trade for that player. Uh, And then sometimes we see that ultimately result in, in a value spike as well. He's uh, the wide receiver 22 right now. That is the highest uh, over the past nine months or so dating back to November of uh, of last year, I looked at some other receivers uh, age 32 that were uh, being drafted as top 50 players. I think uh, Julio is just on the outside of that right now, 52 overall. Uh, Jordy Nelson, Brandon Marshall, and uh, Andre Johnson were the other examples. And uh, you know, as great as those guys were, as great as Julio has been, about one year later, they were all uh, late in the top 100 or outside of the top 100. And I think that's probably what we're going to be looking at a year from now with Julio Jones. Yeah, just almost impossible to invest in him in this round because there are some of those other names, the the Claypools and the Jerry Judys and Devonta Smith is in this list as well. T. Higgins and, and Deontay Johnson are all in round five. It, it seems unfair, really. There, there's no reason to take Julio. I went with him as well. Won't spend any, any more time on him. I kind of thought one of us would at least consider, and, and I did consider for a moment, Kenny Galladay, who's right behind him in ADP. I, I, I tell you what, guys, I have him on a couple rosters, and I've tried to move on because I like those other guys around him in ADP. There's no way you're getting Jerry Judy for Kenny Galladay straight up in a trade. I, I've tried. Those, those things aren't really happening. Getting Claypool for Galladay, they're side-by-side in ADP. It's not happening. So ADP suggests he belongs here. I don't believe he does, and I, I think he could be a potential landmine. Certainly dynasty players in the leagues that I play in, at least, including league with you two don't see Kenny Galladay uh, as an equal to some of these other receivers. I wanted to say say real quick, I, I you know we thought think that Julio is probably one of these players you just have to hold on to if you have him, but his trade market is not too terrible. Pulling up recent trades, uh, Julio Jones for Rondale Moore, and I mean Andy Dalton just a throw in obviously, but in a super flex league, I think I would rather have Rondale Moore straight up. Julio Jones and Josh Jacobs for Zeke, I would rather have Zeke in a one quarterback league. Julio for Joe Burrow. That's uh, one quarterback, but I think I might want to have Burrow there. So uh, I think you could probably, if you if you want to get out of Julio, for there, you, there seems like there could be decent deals still out there. Julio and James Conner for a first next year. So, you know, I think you could probably get out if you wanted to. All right, let's jump over to round six. This will be the last uh, last round we're going to cover in this, but i got to say this has been a lot of fun. It, it really opens your eyes to where the values, like you guys were saying, those, those odd rounds uh, uh, have looked pretty good, and the even rounds maybe not so much. Um, let's jump right into round six. We need a gold mine. Matt, what, what do you got here? This was tough for me because, you know, my boy Cooper Cup is here, but I did not. I, I do think he's undervalued at wide receiver 31, but I did not go with him. I went with LaVisca Chenault, uh, just going to be 23 uh, went right when the season starts. He seems like he's been the best receiver in camp so far from, from a port. He has Trevor Lawrence for the next three-plus years. Uh, it doesn't seem like DJ Chark is, is, is fitting in as well with that offense as Chenault has. He, he you know, he emerged from his rookie season relatively healthy and, and definitely flashed the skills that could make him. A, a top 20-ish wide receiver uh, for us in Dynasty. So I went with Chenault at the, in the late, in the late uh, sixth round. All right, Ryan, how about you? Yeah, I, I was probably experiencing the same thing as Matt because I see uh, Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> at the top of this list. I, I really wanted to, to stay on brand and go with him, and I, I do think he has a chance to, to regain a little bit of value. But I mixed it up uh, away from that, and I also went with Chenault. A lot of the reasons that Matt already said we're getting getting that camp hype. Uh, kind of have to be careful of that, but it, it's it's not a bad thing certainly. And what I've seen with Chenault is uh, even at, you know I, I would say he had a so-so rookie year. We saw we saw a few flashes and uh, signs of promise, but he he certainly didn't have that Justin Jefferson or Chase Claypool type season. 
but he did gain value. He he moves from wide receiver 51 in preseason, and now he's up to wide receiver 34. Uh, so I agree with Matt. I, I think room for him to grow 10 to 12 spots at least with, with a productive season. Obviously, a quarterback upgrade there, and, and we think there's a, a coaching upgrade there as well. All right, I went a different direction than you two. Probably stayed on brand more than you guys. I went J- Jalen Waddell. He comes in at wide receiver 29, 63 overall. And, you know, I've, I've made the case many times that I believe he's closer to Jamar Chase than he is to uh, some of the other rookie wide receivers in this class, including Devonta Smith, who is ahead of him at 59 and wide receiver 26 overall. I, th- I think Waddle is a tremendous value. Should be way closer to where we were talking about CeeDee Lamb was a year ago coming out of the NFL draft and into his rookie season. I could see him in the 40s. Um, he could make a jump all the way up to where we see some of these other younger receivers. So I really like Waddle's value that he presents in the at the beginning of round six. I will take him. Uh, how about a landmine, Matt? Is there is there one that jumps out to you? You know, this is doing this exercise has really kind of started to feel like we are reverting to the mid early mid to mid 2000s uh, where we kept propping up all of these incredible young wide receivers and the running backs were were falling down. And uh, if, if you have missed out on running back to this point, I can understand taking a guy like Chris Carson, but he's going to be 27 in September. You know, he he's, has this injury history, you know, that every single year he's dinged up. So at, at that age, it just really feels like one injury and, and it's over for him. If he's going to be a 28 year old running back, uh, you know, maybe Seattle continues to believe in him and he's 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 productive when he's available. But in terms of his dynasty value, I think this is really going to be it for him. So, again, there, this is just a round where there's too many good players around him. Like like you mentioned, Waddle and Chenault and Cup and all these players that are going to be productive for for years to come that I just don't think you can really risk taking Carson here unless it's just like I need a running back and I've, I have five wide receivers to this point. I'm going to take the, the 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 last running back that's really kind of going to be that bell cow role for their team as long as he's healthy. That's the only situation where I could see wanting to invest in Carson at this point. Yeah, and he's another guy that, that just doesn't fit on the trade market. You yep. can't get the guys around him, right? Uh, Ryan, did you go with a running back or somewhere else? I did. Uh, I, I didn't go with Carson, but I, I co-signed that, that point completely that Matt made there. Uh, I went with Kareem Hunt. Uh, Brown's a backup running back, 25 years old. He's the running back, 24. Uh, and I really feel like he had his shot last year. Uh, Nick Chubb missed a, a month of, of, of football, and uh, somehow Kareem Hunt averaged less fantasy points with Nick Chubb out of the lineup than he did with Nick Chubb in it. Uh, and it was just a huge, a huge disappointment for those uh, dynasty players or, or uh, honestly really more redraft players who had invested in him thinking he could be a, a difference maker if Chubb was out of the lineup. That, that proved not to be the case. I, I think he's fine. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't think I can even feel good starting him on a weekly basis let alone drafting him as as my RB2. And it just goes back to what we were talking about, how the running back position falls off. And, and looking at the overall ranks, we've got Josh Jacobs as the 37th drafted player. Uh, it, it drops a little bit from him to David Montgomery, who we talked about earlier. He's 46 overall. And then we see a gap from 46 to 62, which is Hunt and 60, I'm sorry, which is Carson and 64 is hunt um so just just a huge gap from from montgomery to these two guys and uh, trey sermon is is lower in this round i'm not a big trey sermon guy but i would easily take him over either of these two just based on age and and situation i considered a half a handful of players in this round we we had wide receivers like tyler lockett who's going to be in his age 29 season i believe odell beckham jr also turns 29 this year and we've seen the injuries with him i ended up going with the running back as well chose hunt over chris carson but i think you guys both made good points for both i think there's probably a case to be made for both of those wide receivers as well hunt for me this this the same thing, Ryan. I, I came away from that stretch where we thought Hunt was going to take over Dynasty Leagues and, and really uh, set, 
create some separation in dynasty standings. And he just disappointed week after week throughout that stretch. So I don't know if he's he's just become more of a uh, supplemental player, a guy that we can we can you know change a pace type of player that catches the ball out of the backfield, or if or if the Browns just didn't see him as that type of player uh, and he needs to get out of there, whatever it may be, Hunt just isn't going to be the even in a short span. It doesn't appear he's going to be that guy that can carry your team. Uh, for for even a month at a time when he gets that opportunity. Uh, let's quickly recap our choices. Let's go through the gold mines. Matt, you had DK Metcalf, CeeDee Lamb, Kyle Pitts, Chris Godwin, Chase Claypool, and LaVisca Chenault. Ryan, you picked a few of the same guys for your gold mines. Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and LaVisca Chenault. And I went with Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Kyle Pitts, Chris Godwin, Jerry Judy, and Jalen Waddell. For our landmines, Matt, you had Delvin Cook, Derek Henry, George Kittle, Josh Allen, Julio Jones, and Chris Carson. Ryan, for his landmines, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Julio Jones, and Kareem Hunt. And then I, uh, to wrap things up, I had Delvin Cook, Travis Kelsey, Michael Thomas, David Montgomery, Julio Jones, and Kareem Hunt hunt so this was fun we this is a good exercise something certainly that is worth uh doing i think we should probably do it again guys what do you say we do this as a super flex version a week from today i like Heck that yeah. idea yeah let's let's uh let's wrap things up we got a we got a few minutes here matt uh you've been conjuring up a game to play why don't we fire that off yeah, it's, it's not super exciting. It's going to be a bit of a, a guessing game with ADP like we have played in the past. And uh, since the inspiration for this episode came from an article from 2015, I thought we would go back to get in our time machine and see if you guys can name some players who were in the first round oh of startups goodness. from June of 2015. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to tell you the positions that were that were drafted in the top 12. Uh, and I know, we're gonna, we're gonna, I know a couple for sure. We're going to go round robin and... Uh, see how many of you guys can get. Uh, so th- first, first round, first only? round only. There were well. Okay. Go this, ahead. We're a little bit cheating because you said a couple before we started, right? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm mistaken. All right. Uh, do I get to go first? Because I need to get one right. Do you want to know the positional breakdown, or do you just want to go for it? Oh, let's just oh. go for it. Okay. What do you say we go for it? All right, Ryan. All right. I want Odell Beckham Jr. because he was number one. That is play. correct. He was actually <laughs> it's he is number one overall. He was also the the last player in our exercise today in round six. So he's dropped from one overall to seventy two overall in uh, just in six five short years. years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was a good one. Okay. Um, I will go with Des Bryant. Yes, he was Ooh. he was number three overall in the wide receiver two. In I two, wouldn't have said the name. Uh, there are two names that I can think of. I'm going to go with Lev Bell. Lev Bell was the running back one, number five overall. Okay. Julio Jones. Julio Jones, wide receiver three, the number four overall player. (laughs) I only have one other name. It's Antonio Brown. (laughs) That is correct. Wide receiver four, number six overall. A.J. Green. A.J. Green, number 10 overall, wide receiver seven. Are we going until I miss? We're going <laughs> to go until here? we get them all. So you guys better. Okay. Uh, we might be here for a while. <laughs> Calvin Johnson. Ooh, just outside wide receiver. Oh. Uh, he was 14th overall, just outside. I hope um, people are playing along with us here, Ryan. <laughs> Demarius Thomas. Yes, wide receiver. No. Oh, six, my gosh. Number Demar- nine Who took overall? Demarius over Calvin Johnson? <laughs> Uh, that, that's probably the end of the end of the names I have. The other um, ones uh, are less, much less obvious. I will say, we got we got seven, right? I yep, think we there's got five seven. left. I'll tell you that there. Um, do you want do you want any hints or you want to try first? Well, let's try. I already missed once, so um, I'll go Bell, with. That was the only running back we got. Yeah, that, I'm trying to back? think of it, but but I'm in the I'm into guys that I that I don't think would be there. In fifteen, uh, like I have Jamal Charles on my mind. Nope, and second guys round. Like that. I don't want to do that. Uh, let's go with Gronk. Gronkowski, tight end one, number two overall. Just oh, behind. This is like his peak. Just then. behind OBJ. <laughs> That's where Kyle wow. Pitts is going next year, you guys. All right. 
four left. I don't. I don't think there's any more running backs. There's not. I think there, there was, was only, only one. The, the, the next one round. was oh. Eddie Lacy was running back two at pick thirteen, just outside. Oh really? Okay. So more wide receivers. You've got three wide receivers and one other position. Oh well, it's got to be a quarterback. I think that's what we're left with. It's not another. There's title. three wide receivers and a quarterback. It, that's that's Andrew Luck. That's right. right. Number eight overall. Oh, I would I would have guessed Rogers. Where's yep. Rogers in there? Uh, I have to look, but not in the first round. Rogers was okay. quarterback two at 17 overall. Okay. You know who went just um, ahead of him? Sammy Watkins, a wide receiver, 12 overall. Oh boy, <laughs> that one paid off. That was a landmine. Value. Two players um, left, both wide receivers. Oh, sorry, three oh. players left. Three left, all wide receivers. I'll take Amari Cooper. That is incorrect. But this was one year. Remember, this was one year after Too the. This was one year after the epic twenty fourteen wide receiver class. Oh oh oh, my that is correct. Wide receiver five seven yeah. overall, oh and then you have two that I'm pretty sure you're never going to get. So. <laughs> Never gonna get. I, okay, let's try. One of them was. I'll, I'll give you a hint about one. One. This was. This was the year after his peak season. He never uh, approached it again. Uh, we we all thought he was gonna oh, be the they, next but, big thing. Uh, he was a slot it's receiver. Randall Cobb. Oh, Randall Cobb. It's Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. Twelve <laughs> overall, wide receiver nine, baby. Yeah, I knew fourteen was his big year. So so we're down to one. <sighs> um, it can't be Jordy then. What about? This one's the grossest uh, I, I one. This I is know. the grossest one. DeAndre Hopkins. Oh. No, it's no, not it's DeAndre not Hopkins. Hopkins. It's a gross one. Um, I think from the same division. Because this, Do you say, this is oh. the guy that uh, I same think is. Same division as Hopkins? No. Hilton? No, as as uh, Randall Cobb. Now or then? then? Oh. Same division. Um, oh, yeah, Viking. that's who I thought it was. Uh, no, it's Alshon. Alshon Jeffrey, oh, wide receiver eight, 11th overall. Things change well, a lot in six years, you guys. Uh, Ryan schooled me on that. Did you ever even miss? I don't think he ever even said a name that wasn't wasn't in there. I think that's correct. I needed some hints. That, that, that's pretty good, though. You guys did good. Yeah, you guys did well. Yeah. That that was the wide receiver era. So we had what one one quarterback, one tight end, one running and nine back, nine wide and receivers, nine. And, wide and receivers. that's what I was kind of alluding to a little bit there at the end of the the episode of the the main part of the episode today is it like if, if these second year running backs don't hit like the cam Akers, the jk dobbins uh jonathan taylor is probably solidified no matter what happens but like if these guys don't hit uh mccaffrey barkley cook all kamara all these guys are another year older and it seems like it's going to be a wide receiver dominated first round again in one quarterback leagues pretty soon if if we don't get these second year running backs hitting uh, yeah i think there's just so many between the 2020 class and and the two or three guys we have this year that even if half of them hit, we've still got four guys that are going to be first rounders, similar to what we've had the past four or five years with, with the McCaffrey cook Kamara group. Um, we could just be shifting that and, and basically having a similar like ADP makeup that we've had since this wide receiver era uh, of 2015. Um, but it really, I mean, if you made one of those picks at wide receiver, the ones we just talked about from from fifteen, I mean Alshon and and Cobb did, certainly did not pan out as top twelve guys, but all the rest yeah. were Evans hits. is still you know Big top hits. four pick. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think my takeaway from playing that game is that that you should trade all your you should trade away anybody that's in the first round because <laughs> nobody laughs. Uh, Suck up on third round picks and fifth round picks. I guess so. Um, <laughs> the the other thing was, you said the one quarterback. It was Andrew Luck, and of course, he was very young then, right? And all, all of us expected him to be playing right now. I think I think he's only thirty or thirty one right now. So uh, all of us still expected him to be playing. That was probably a mistake as well, investing that highly in a quarterback, even though he had that elite upside and had already showed it that early in his career. He ruined so many Superflex teams, I can't even tell you. <laughs> oh, man, it was rough. So speaking of Superflex, we are going to do this once again. A little more of an emphasis. Only one quarterback was selected in our, our exercise today. It was Josh Allen, a round four potential landmine by Matt. We'll talk about all the positions again next week, but we're going to do this with a with an eye toward the quarterback. Uh, we'll do a Superflex rendition of gold mines and landmines a week from today. 
That's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast, though. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next week.